Bonjour, and welcome to the Amateur Detective Club. This club is exactly how it sounds. A bunch of amateurs talking about their favorite mysteries. So if you encounter a real mystery or a murder, contact the proper authorities. Do not come to us. We do not know what we are doing. But enjoy the program. Allons-y. Let us begin. What's your name again? <laughs> You'll find out in a second. Okay. Well, Tyler's gonna change it up. Yeah, so I'm gonna just. You're not I'm gonna, gonna pick one on the spot. It's gonna happen. You're, yeah. you're not. You're not gonna. You're not gonna do Tristan's. I now call this meeting of the Amateur Detective Club to order. My name is Tristan Miller, the horny dog. No, a saucy <laughs> sleuth. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm Melissa Maley, the spy. And Tyler Riley here, the vigilante. Ooh. I'm back, baby. Yay! <laughs> uh, um, the reason I said a horny dog uh, was because Tyler couldn't remember my name, and so I wanted to fool him. And were you fooled? I was not. Like, I knew it wasn't that. <laughs> <laughs> because our moms listen to this podcast, That's and I true. don't think he would... Talk about being a horny dog every week. <laughs> well, <I> just... <laughs> uh, well, not in so few words. <laughs> I have to give a preamble to explain how I'm a horny dog. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> so uh, you can go to the scat. We do the, the ads up front now. I don't know. Oh, because yeah. uh, no, I remember we I, started doing you started doing that during because we murders. forgot it twice in a row. So so, yeah, we should have had this conversation before we started recording oh, the podcast. Man, so I guess we'll great. just have it right now. Well, Is I'll that just all right stick to you? my I'll stick to my <laughs> slot, my allotted. Great. Sure. Do you <laughs> mind doing coffee. it up front? Is that cool for now? Not to sure. put you on the spot. No. Um, <laughs> peer pressure, peer pressure. We're not peers. Hello, boys and girls. Nope. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like it. I don't like it. Press <laughs> me the clap. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I usually do a bit for the Patreon. Not Look, this week. Um, <laughs> so, subscribe to our Patreon. Patreon.com slash ADCpod to get things like early access to our episodes as well as bonus content. Uh, you can also get clips of our show. We did... Murder, She Wrote, starring the Dame Angela Lansbury. Mm. Uh, you can get access to those episodes on Patreon as well uh, for as little as a dollar a month. Hey. But you can also uh, subscribe for a lot more than that yeah. if, you're, if your heart pulls you in that direction. <laughs> Clarathon. Yes. Uh, money, please. Mm-hmm. Patreon.com slash ADC pod. Impressed that you remember the whole thing. Way to go. And I'm just grinning from ear to ear listening to Tyler do the uh, the Patreon. Uh, you, I don't know if you've been like, listening because, like, the way I've been doing it is like, ah, go there. You could just, yeah, you give us money or not. I don't care. I have been listening. I listened to all of Only Murders in the Building. I didn't listen to the Star Trek ones because, like, I know I'm not going to. Yeah, no, I'm no, not no, no. You shouldn't. <laughs> Oh, good. So you won't hear all those things we said about you on the Star Trek episode. Yeah, I was like, you know what? I'm going to surprise Tyler by saying I'm a horny dog the first episode. Ooh, but it'll... Ah, <laughs> oh, dang it. 
you could go to scavengenetwork.com. They got a bunch of great podcasts there along with other content. Um, yeah. And you can follow us on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ADCPod. And you can email us. You can. AmateurDetectiveClub at gmail.com. Tristan will get the email. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's been a it's been a long year so far, so my energy is Tristan, it's only February. <laughs> Indeed. At least we get the bad year months of the year out at the beginning. I I mean, so I, mean? I I really don't like January, February, or March as a general rule. February is not as bad because it's shorter. And then March is just like, what is this winter? It should be over now. Wow. Back also, and already there's controversy. Melissa yeah, hates Black, Black History Month. <laughs> yes, yes, we're back, baby. <laughs> Melissa Merely, verbatim quote, where's White History Month? <laughs> Recorded for posterity forever. Absolutely. I feel uh, like winter. <laughs> no, I feel you. I and, feel and you 100%. Black on that. History Month should be a longer month, like August. Yeah. Oh, for the dog days of something? <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah, I've accused you of being a racist at least twice on this program oh, yeah. in oh, your yeah, absence has... to try to, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. keep the no, flag I've going. I've noted and I have appreciated <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, Tyler, you're back. I'm back. You want to explain yourself, young man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, took a couple of months off. I uh, had a really bad breakup mm. uh, from someone who was not deserving of me. And yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's correct. So I was living with this person and... When we broke up, I obviously had to move out. Um, I had been saving, well, I'd been paying down debt to try to make like a better life for us as a couple moving forward. So I did not have the safety net of like having a bunch of money in my savings to yeah. just get a yeah. new place. So I moved down to Charlotte to be close to family for a bit, which turned out to be somewhat of a blessing in disguise. Uh, I got down there a week after my nephew Logan was born. Uh, so getting to watch him kind of grow within three months and they really do grow within three months. Oh, like yeah, I do. saw oh, sure. a photo I took of him like my second week there and I was scrolling through my phone, like trying to find pictures for something else. And I was like, who the, f whose baby is this? <laughs> this looks I'm nothing so like any baby I know. Because <laughs> uh -huh. he had just changed so much in his face from yeah. like when I first got there. It was like, I was not ready for that. Because, like, why would I have just a random baby yeah. photo in my phone? Yeah. I was really annoyed <laughs> until I realized so that funny. it was my nephew. I'm sorry I was very this baby. Happy. No, yeah, I mean, uh, all babies are beautiful. It is hard to recognize them as human beings when they're first born. Because they all look very like they're wrinkly and, you know, no, like, like a, yeah, a weird they just came out and, of a, yeah. yeah. And then a couple months later, it's like, oh, you're a full person, aren't you? Just yeah. a teeny little one. Well. And babbling like a brook. Love that kid. 
And I also have my other nephew who's like a year. Oh, yes. Some... I got a quick <laughs> Forgot no, about him. I didn't forget about Camden. He's my buddy. He likes wrestling like his uncle, Mr. Tyler. Oh, that's great. Uh, Does he call you Uncle Mr. Tyler? I mean, he's not using, uh, like, he knows some words so far. Mm. Um, if you ask where Uncle Mr. is, like, he will know to look or point to me. That's mm. good. That's very good. Yeah. Very cute. Yeah. Uh, but to close up the thing of my relationship, he wished me the best, and I wished him, you know, whatever life throws at him. <laughs> yep. He's not... A terrible person, but he's not a good one either. Mm. And we will leave it there. All right. On to better things. Mm-hmm. We are so happy to have you back. I'm very happy to be back. Yeah. I was a bit nervous coming back, though. Mm. But it was, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm scary, I know. I'm very intimidating. <laughs> but why, though? Just because, like, oh, gosh, like, are we going to, like... Me being gone, like, is the rhythm going to be there? Like, are we going to be? But it's. I mean, we both accused Melissa of being a racist at the exact same time. So, I mean, I think. I think. We're back. Yeah. We're we're back. Roll back the clock. So you won't get as many as many uh, tangents because Tristan and I are on our best behavior when we're around Tyler. Not our best behavior. Oh, no, and it's certainly not me. I. Well, I said we, horny dog earlier, <laughs> Melissa. Well, I, I just mean that we... Tyler brings we a level of professionalism yeah. and elegance to everything he does. And it, it makes us both nervous. And so we, we were like, oh, we can't talk about Let's that. Let's just call it what it is. Tyler brings an energy of knock it off. <laughs> <laughs> But Mr. Uncle Tyler, we like talking about Uncle Mister. They call me me Uncle Mister Tyler. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get into it. So we (laughs) covered uh, a virtual production. Uh, Paula Vogel, the amazing Pulitzer Prize-winning playwright. created this series called Bard at the Gate during the pandemic, which was a at first a series of virtual readings of plays. Uh, then Paula Vogel uh, partnered with the McCarter Theater Center in Princeton, New Jersey, my old stomping grounds, mm-hmm. and they started producing more, um, more realized uh, presentations of these plays online. So today we are covering... Hope I'm pronouncing his last name correctly. Uh, Lloyd says Charles Francis Chan Jr.'s exotic Oriental murder mystery. Yeah, we are. Oh my goodness. Um, so this was a really interesting experience because of the type of media it is. Yeah. Because yeah. I, <laughs> I didn't fully understand. Um, I'm sure if I had read more closely, I would have that it is a specifically a production that was adapted for the uh the zoom medium i guess yeah. we can call it i would say the digital medium the digital yeah. medium there i 
I was also like, for whatever reason, I had assumed that like they had put it on, yeah. recorded it sans audience on a stage and were like, you know, gonna, we were going to watch it that way. And so when it. Right, like National Theater Live or something. Uh, yeah. yeah. yeah whereas, whereas it when it started, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is the weirdest podcast I've ever seen. Uh. <laughs> um, no, but it was really interesting because I have seen a lot of digital productions at this point as have we all i think uh because of the past two years being what they are i even did one last night as of this recording yeah yeah (laughs) um and this one had more production elements than i'm used to seeing which is it's exciting it's nice um and it was really interesting to see how they adapted to that so i'm sure we'll get into that more we don't have to talk about get into the minutiae before we talk about the actual show. (laughs) So at the start of the show, we are introduced to the character of Eleanor Biggers, an elderly woman uh, who, at first glance, you know, we can get the impression that she is a very well-to-do lady. Mm -hmm. Yes, And she she is calling for her husband, Earl. Uh, (laughs) The phone is ringing. And she's in the bath. Oh, yes, you're right. Yeah. Phone. So <laughs> she is very frustrated that Earl is not answering the phone because she has to get out of the bath. She's very annoyed about having to finally get up because her silly husband is not answering the phone. And <laughs> she answers the phone. I had no idea what the tone of this production was going to be. Sure. And this first scene is very um, silly, yeah. shall we say. Very top. big. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I see. <laughs> I comprehend now what, what we're doing here. Again, the shock of it being a Zoom thing, and then also the level at which uh, this actress is performing was, it was very, it took me by surprise. It caught me off guard. That's fair. Yeah. Because I felt similarly. Yeah. Until you like get in, because I didn't mm, know too mm. much about. It. I like I had like a little bit of a write up beforehand. I was like, oh, this would be could be really fun. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but she eventually makes her way downstairs. She answers the phone, almost like she's being seduced at first. Like yeah. she is very, you yeah, know, kind really... of happy to have this call. It's very sensual. Yeah. Yeah. And then it takes a turn. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> it does. Basically, doesn't the person on the phone explain to her that it that her husband has been murdered? Or is that not what the phone calls about? That's not, uh, we don't hear the voice on the other end. Oh, but we right know now, that we the... Whatever they're saying on the other end, like, ends up being, like, a not great thing. And she yeah. gets very surprised and upset and hangs up. And I think she goes over to Earl and then discovers that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yes. Because it almost seems like the caller is someone who is kind of telling her, I think I'd check on your husband because, yeah. Um, yeah. He's dead. What point does a person become a body? The moment they're born? Or no, you, you, you understand, like, because we call it a dead body. We don't call it a dead person. When do, when does a person become a body? When they die. But, like, how quickly after? Like, immediately? Yes. Now I give it at least 10 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's cold, Melissa. Let, let, the, cold. Soul, let the soul leave first. Open okay, the window you know? so it flies off to uh, heaven. <laughs> Once the soul is gone. Yes. Yeah. Once they're no longer be able to... They have to be very dead. Okay. Completely dead. Like, okay. you know, not like in Princess Bride, where he's only mostly dead. Yeah. He's still a person. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that does. I know that I am playing into the tangent, but yeah, <laughs> there are people who have been like dead for like up to like four minutes and like brought back. Mm-hmm. Like, are they a body and then a person again? No. Well, then. Okay. <laughs> so then that begs. Do we need to at least give it like a half an hour I before guess. it's a body? I guess. See, I oh ooh ooh. Is it until the coroner? proclaims them legally dead so if a body's lying in the forest <laughs> and I'd be like, look there's look no at that guy. coroner yeah I'd be like, look at that guy oh he's having a great time is it, you know oh, i wish i could rest so is deeply. it a body oh <laughs> uh, yeah yeah it's a good question isn't it it is a good question i think it's compelling so let us know in the twitter poll <laughs> <laughs> so just to complete to go off uh, further down this road oh cool uh, <laughs> I listened. I listened to this podcast called Radio Rental, and uh, in one of them, a guy who ends up working for a court not a coroner, but like for a crematorium, I guess, um, or a funeral home, uh, has to like transport a body, and they're like, they like open up the box that the body is in to like mm-hmm. cremate him, and it like sounds like there's some something inside the box or like no, the it, death it, rattle. It's yeah, that's what they think, and then, but they're trying to figure out like, because this guy's like, wait, is this person actually dead or no? And mm. like, there's mysterious circumstances around the way his wife had been like, oh yeah, he's dead, blah blah blah, and he's like, wait, maybe this guy's not dead? Are we completely sure he's dead? Like, is he completely completely dead? And they're like, they the the wife says that she wants him cremated as quickly <laughs> as possible. And so they cremated him, and the guy's like, uh, anyway. <laughs> so that's just a thing I was thinking about. Mm-hmm. Maybe being single isn't so terrible. <laughs> it's, not, it's not bad. It's not bad at all. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. We just got a divorce. <laughs> that's not about enough. the insurance money. <laughs> I know, and that's what it always comes down to. Mm. Yeah, yeah, love and money. Mm-hmm. So, so oh. <laughs> go for it. <laughs> so then we see uh, she has discovered that he, her husband is now a body, mm-hmm. and uh, boy is he body yaddy yaddy. And then we cut. So, so a person could be alive in a body is what you're also suggesting with <laughs> the lyrics there. Wow. Mm. <laughs> Megan the Stallion tweet at us. Is this <laughs> is this an appropriate use of? <laughs> uh, oh, I'm not thinking about Megan the Stallion. So, when are you not thinking about Megan? Uh, you know? It's very rare when I'm not. So now we're seeing some uh, 70s era, late 60s, late 60s. 1967. 1967. Hey, nice. uh, uh-huh. uh, Army recruitment posters and. Uh, then we we see a gentleman talking to an army recruiter, 
And this is how we meet our main character, um, Charles Francis Chan Jr. He likes to go by Frank. Yes. And he explains to the, explains a lot to the recruiter. Too much, one might <laughs> like, say. <laughs> more than more than one normally would under these circumstances. So uh yeah, so he's trying to avoid the draft and he's going on this diatribe about like what it, it, this is immediately about what it's like to be Asian in America, right? That's where we get he's we That's he's in the he's middle of to, it. Yeah. 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 Um it should be noted that he is an Asian man. This plays a lot into the plot. So, and the other guy is white, which also plays a lot into the plot. Yeah, he's the yeah yeah yeah. That's uh, all. The recruiter is, I think, the only white actor in the show. Yeah. 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 Boy, is he. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Boy, is he. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then next, I think we see him at his home or his girlfriend's home. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. does not successfully dodge the draft. Right. Is the the thing right. we're meant to believe because he keeps giving up excuses and it's like this fun banter. It's kind of the whole the whole show is kind of Mel Brooksy, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I see what you mean. Um, but there's like a lot of patter of like, oh well I have asthma, no you don't. Oh I have flat feet, no you don't. Yeah. It's like this sort of yeah. almost vaudeville back and forth. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, are you a homosexual? Like, would that get me out? And then, like, he keeps, like, Only the recruiter believe doesn't you. believe him, but, like, yeah. he's still, like, any chance he gets, like, tries to hint that he mm. is gay, yeah. <laughs> hoping to, like, get out. He mentions, um, a, mentions a boyfriend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, like, huh? <laughs> uh, yes. I believe it goes, are you a homosexual? Would that get me out? Yes. Well, you have beautiful eyes, which is very cute. Yeah. yeah. He's very charming. And I think, like, with the asthma bed, he was like, Oh, well, you should ask my boyfriend. Yeah. 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 Uh, But that is not the last we hear of the draft. But uh, we now are in. Close that window. Am I right, America? (laughs) My God. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, He is broken up with by his long term girlfriend. Yeah. uh, Because she is going away to film a Hollywood movie. She has three lines. And is playing a prostitute. Yeah. In where does she go? Vietnam, uh, the Philippines. The Philippines, but it's like she's a she's Vietnamese, a Vietnamese prost- prostitute. prostitute. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And we also learned that Frank has a big penis. Yeah. Oh and yeah, it's we apparently do. A slob. Oh, uh, we should mention this. This play is um, not family friendly. Oh yeah. There's a lot of cussing. Yeah. There's. It's like a PG. Th- no, there's more than one F word, right? Yeah. 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 So it's like a rated R play. <laughs> It would be restricted guidance if it was a movie. Okay, fine. I feel like I heard worse in Homeward Bound, but let's continue. <laughs> oh, that scene in Miles and Otis? Yeah. <laughs> the giant F word as they go over the water. <laughs> <laughs> that shouldn't be funny because they yeah, really, that like, to that That cat. was a horrible. Yeah. And yeah. multiple. Multiple oh, yeah, yeah. pugs and cats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's what, uh, and I loved that film growing up. I had no idea. Yeah, same. It's what got that like no animals were harmed in yeah. the making of this film. Yeah, <laughs> because they're oh. like, you did what? Yeah, I was like, yeah, we didn't care. Ugh. <laughs> but unfortunately, um, we'll have to just keep going. Um, 
Sorry uh, to bring the mood down with Miles <laughs> and Otis. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, just, you know who we are. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> you know, it's been a long time, you know. Um, this is also intercut with scenes. So we, we go back and forth between the black and white. Yeah. Because um, actually right before. Before we go back, though, I do want to bring up the mm-hmm. fact that he is very vocal about his dislike of white people in this scene uh, with his now ex-girlfriend. Uh, mm-hmm. And he also brings up what I think is a really valid point of him being nervous about being drafted and being mistaken for the enemy. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. There's all, another reason I feel like this is not family friendly. There's a lot of racial slurs in this this darn play. Like a lot. Again, you go far back enough in Disney, oh, yeah. and <laughs> yeah, but you're not like gonna sit your kid down now. No, and watch I'm not Song saying you should like sit down and watch this with your family, but like there are teachable moments. Oh I... yeah, Absolutely. it's a very educational yeah. program, but it like I mean you should at least be TV 14. How about we all agree TV 14? Okay, because uh, yeah, actually that's a good I think because I think that's what Boondocks is, and there's a similar like amount of racial slurs in that no it's fair i just you know never associate boondocks with having like any rating because of how late it would come on oh sure because sure, <laughs> it's an adult and like i got to it on hbo because mm. but anyway yeah, yeah i've been re-watching it and that's why it's on the on the mind as well that's all yeah if only there was a mystery episode there oh, there's gosh, not oh <laughs> Maybe in the reboot that I have mixed feelings about. I I thought they stalled that. They should have. I believe they did. They were like, ah, never mind. Okay. Uh, yeah, no. There's there's certainly words words that uh children shouldn't just uh start saying offhandedly without understanding what they mean. Yeah. Yeah. What is this South Park? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Um. <laughs> Uh, but yes, so we have this breakup scene, and she is she's going off to off to be in this movie. Um, yeah, and you get the sense that the relationship was never good. Yeah, no, like you could tell. Like for me, it seemed like it was mostly like a physical relationship mm-hmm. for her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, um, this is intercut. Right before this, and between this and the draft scene, we actually do get a uh, another black and white scene where we have um, our our main character. So Charlie is playing a detective called Hastings. Very cute, or Arthur Frank. Hastings. Yeah, they, yeah, 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 of, yeah. All things. of all things. So yeah, Frank is. What playing. a weird coincidence! I know how funny. <laughs> yeah. um, they do actually mention mention Agatha Christie and Poirot in this scene. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because we find out that the victim, Earl Biggers, is a mystery fiction writer a la Agatha Christie. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we have, uh, he's talking to, I guess, a deputy or something. And I called him Officer Randy, and I don't know if it was because I was <laughs> watching Scream not too, oh. <laughs> not too long ago. <laughs> but I feel like the cop was named Randy. I, I don't. I think it rem- was like Chad or something. Can I, I tell you? Know. Okay. Something is so stupid. I was about to grab my phone and go to IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a it wouldn't fool. be there, but like I'm sure we could. Look it up, but I yeah they do mention the name of the officer at some point, but it's uh, it's not essential. I'm gonna about. refer to him as Randy. Sure, uh, sure. Uh, just so you know. Absolutely, uh, but yes, and so he's explaining to um, 
Detective Hastings, that uh, there's a private detective being brought in. Yes. Charlie Chan. So this is where the introduction of the Charlie Chan detective stereotype is brought in. Um, uh, and it, I think it should also be noted. Uh, also, should be noted at this point that even in these black and white scene, for these black and white scenes, Arthur Hastings, the other police officer, Eleanor Earl, and all the other characters we meet in the black and white world, except for Charlie Chan, are played by Asian American actors portraying white characters. Mostly, yes. mostly, yes, you're right. Because, because there are two in the black and white world that are actually supposed to be Asian American characters. Right. So the biggers, yeah, the biggers are white. Are white, and Randy and Hastings are are white canonically. White. Yes, um, but yes. So Charlie Chan is. Uh, an Asian detective being played by a white man in the most stereotypical way possible. Even Peter Sellers is like, holy crap. Right, and it made me think of that that movie that we watched. Murder by Death? Actually, I was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, this is actually pretty spot on for the Mm, Peter Sellers thing. Oh yeah, it really, really was. Um, And we'll get into that. Because it's really interesting because it's, I, I was wondering how they were, like, I saw this character and I was like, okay, we are clearly going to talk about this stereotypical character a lot, um, yeah. as, as we should. Um, but, like, they really do investigate it and the fact that it's played by a white man. Uh, and it's the same actor who plays the, uh, the uh, army recruiter. Office, army recruiter, yeah. So, so yeah, I was like, okay, how are we, how are we talking about this? Interesting. So, uh, I believe next Charlie Chan arrives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does. And then, well, he does he. And a few, few moments later, like the Hastings is not happy that right. Chan is going to be brought on to take the lead of this investigation. Yeah. Uh, but they do the two do meet and get ready to interview witnesses who are. Linda Wong, mm-hmm. um, Mr. Biggers, uh, longtime acupuncturist, Alfred Wong, Linda's husband and part-time manservant for the Biggers, mm-hmm. Eleanor Biggers, the widow, and also Arthur Hastings, because he was at the property that night having tea with Eleanor to investigate these threatening voicemails that had been left for the Biggers. And I believe, do they start with the first interview after that? Or do we go back we to, go back. The, uh, uh, to the pre- their present? Yes. Okay. So essentially, uh, after the breakup, Frank meets his imaginary friend. Oh, yes. right. I monkey. forgot about this whole convention. Yeah, this monkey, this capuchin this monkey. monkey. Um, also, love the makeup. Yeah. yeah, it was beautiful. Um, and this actress who plays this, this monkey is great. She does, she's excellent. She I only wished, wish she would have been smoking the whole time. Because <laughs> she is that, like, listen, honey, sort of thing. And I just, like, look, you just gotta do that. You know, like, it would have been, uh, get her a vape pen that looks like a cigarette or something. 
uh, yeah, so essentially she introduces herself and is guiding him along this journey. He's trying to figure out what he is going to do with himself. Yeah, he's like yeah. 22. Yeah. He's like, am I going to go to war? Am I going to... Am I going to go to Canada? Am I going to go to Mexico? Yeah. And so his life was in such a state of disarray that he unknowingly summoned Monkey. Yes. Who has been around since the start of the universe, apparently. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, And essentially they go to a bar. And in this whole thing. So it's really interesting watching... watching this this digital medium because we've got lots of backgrounds right and they're really well done like these backgrounds are pretty good and occasionally i would forget that it that these people who were doing this were not in the same room with each other yeah um every once in a while there's an eyeline thing that i'm like oh okay (laughs) like at one point a character has tells, to look at the hand. Or, yeah, yeah, that one. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I was like, <laughs> "There's another." They're not looking there. <laughs> but there's a moment where, like, they pass a a, a note or some um, um, hanky, uh, yeah. and it's very artfully done. Yeah, very smooth. Yeah, and uh, while we're talking about this, it's really great because a lot of digital plays that I have seen, you can only see someone's face. Right? These folks are backed up from the camera quite a bit more so you can see like they're really acting with their bodies and it's great like it it really helps quite a lot that uh to like suspension of disbelief um so in this background of this bar scene there's a woman dancing and i was watching her almost the whole time yeah you're like huh Mm -hmm. (laughs) okay (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> uh, just to be like, oh, interesting. How are they? It's interesting that they got like an extra <laughs> to do this mm-hmm. and to record record this scene. And so I was watching her for for a while, and then eventually, like, she comes to the foreground and she's the main character in the in the <laughs> play. So I was like, oh, all right, <laughs> makes yeah. sense. But it was really, yeah. it, it really added to the whole ambiance of the thing. Yeah. Uh, before the uh, before the character whose name is Kathy uh, gets introduced to us, mm-hmm. um, Monkey and Frank are talking, and like through their conversation, he decides to take a stand against you know these racial slurs and. Canonically, he comes up with the term Asian American, yeah, which is hilarious, yeah, <laughs> and wonderful. Yes, yes. Um, That's and, what we should be known as. <laughs> uh, and it inspires him to write a play, a um, manifesto, if you will. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Which is going to expose, you know, white racism and, uh, you know, really, you know, highlight the struggles of Asian Americans in this country, and like we're not going to take you know shit anymore and that's yep. his thing that he he now has a mission in life he's mad as hell exactly what's the rest of it and i can't take it anymore and he's not gonna yeah, yeah. he's not gonna take it anymore yep uh so as he's doing this he he's going on some rant and makes a lot of noise and the woman from the background comes into the foreground and is like hey you ruined my song my dance Oh, I'm sorry. Um, but 
then he immediately was like, yeah, I did, but hey, pretty lady. Like, it's yeah. like so <laughs> wild to be like, yeah, I ruined your thing, but you want a bone? Like, it's yeah. so You know what strange. sucks? Racism. You know what doesn't suck? Sexism. Let's yeah. have it. <laughs> you know what hopefully sucks? <laughs> hey uh, actually, the monkey encourages him to yeah. Yeah, shoot to a go shot with her. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, she's up for it. Yeah, yeah, he's game. Yeah. And... Oh yeah, they, uh... doesn't it jump cut to them like postcoitally? Why? Yeah, because he first convinces her to stop whatever she's doing in life to be an actress in this play that he has yet to write. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then from there, the two have bad sex, it seems. Yeah. That first go around. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, the, yeah. First, the first go around, yeah. She says the uh, the famous words, uh, it happens to a lot of guys. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and Which is, by the way, not true. If you have experience. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just... It was just a joke that didn't land with you two. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. Like staring at Tristan, judging them. Like, <laughs> sometimes being snide is fun. Have you ever considered being just a little mean? It's it's great. Anyway, uh, you're right. It is fun. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, he tells Kathy like after that, like pretty quickly after that, that like you know. Just so you know, I'm not interested in anything romantic, you know. Mm. This bird has to spread his wings and fly or like something along those. I love it when guys do that after you've hooked up. It's yeah. The best. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I don't, but no, you know, it's you... nice. No, no, no. <laughs> it's nice to hear another opinion. <laughs> the yeah, the Capuchin monkey. Is well, give is monologuing at this point about well, because they're having sex. They had bad sex, and then they yes. had good sex. Yes, thank you. So they get married, and the monkey marries them? Yes. But she can't see the monkey and doesn't know about the monkey. And so that's interesting. Well, I feel like that was just more like a... like More of a play convention. Like, I feel like they got married, married, but like the monkey is just... Okay. It's like a... Doing like the thing in the background like yeah. we know what's going on and she's like more talking to the audience okay is how i took it gotcha um but yeah we find out more about kathy's background like she seems to be like very into like zodiac and like palm readings and like what that kind of stuff means to her yes she was vegetarian she grew up in canton ohio yeah her mother killed herself when she was 14 yeah uh, by shooting herself in the face yeah Yikes. Um, yeah. You gotta admire the commitment, though. I mean, that's one way to do it. And now do we get Eleanor's interview? Eleanor's interview. We, we actually go to, um, like, we're having a play rehearsal. And, and oh, yeah. We, we, have, get, we meet the uh, white actor who right. will play the character of Charlie, Charlie Chan. Chan. Right. Also, um, I think we explained. I think you explained it a bit before, but just to reiterate that it comes to pass. Like we, the audience, like now have figured out by this point that everything that we're seeing in black and white is the play that yes. Frank mm-hmm. has been writing. Yes. Yes. Exactly. So when we're in black and white, we're in the play. When we're in color, we're in uh, 
The 60s. Exactly. So Groovy baby, yeah. Um, so yes, we are talking. I'm so sorry. I just got a text message and I'm really distracted. Uh, Austin Power Rangers? What about that? Mighty Morphin like Power Rangers, baby. Yeah. But like, is he a ranger or is that what they c- turn into? Oh, that's so much better. That's so much okay. better. The Voltron is Austin, <laughs> it's Austin Power Rangers. This might be a My Brother, My Brother and Me bit that I'm stealing <laughs> accidentally through osmosis. Oh, gosh. What was the villain's name? Repulsa. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Rita Repulsa. Is played by Mindy... What's it? Who plays Frau Farbissina in Austin Powers? Plays. There was that Super Bowl commercial with all the Austin Powers characters. Did you see? Oh, I didn't for, see that. One. Uh, but oh, I, yeah. I saw the Cable Guy one, which was a choice. Like, I appreciated it, but I was like, this is a joke for 12 people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but the Austin Powers one, I was just like, oh, God, I do just want. I remember, like, Jennifer Lopez was rumored to do, like, the fourth, but, like, it ended up getting scrapped, and I was like, dang it. I think they're working on a fourth one now, which is, like... Well, they probably won't use Jennifer at this point, though. I don't think so. Who, I believe, is in a mystery that hits Netflix later this year. Ooh. There's also the improvised mystery show with, um... Yeah, uh, Murderville. In Murderville, and there's also House Party? After party. After party. And there's also uh Murder Mystery the Two. The girl The Girl it's on uh HBO Max. It's David Ayelowo, Gugu Mbathara, and another actress that's also a mystery that's on HBO Max mm. that just hit last week, I think. Oh, okay. And there's also a Harlan Coben series. Like we are like inundated with a whole bunch of murder mysteries out of oh, yeah. nowhere. Yeah, we are. We have met the white actor who is playing Charlie Chan. Yeah, the sequence is him putting on the makeup, and uh, Frank is like asking him to be more racially insensitive, and the actor. At one point, Frank goes, well, what's the difference between you and an Asian person? Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, not much, but it about, you know, and this sort of thing. And then there's a beat, and he goes, well, you have more to say. And he's like, nah, nah, nah. And he goes, no, you have more to say. And it ends up where he's like, well, basically, the values of Asian people, specifically Chinese, are not emotional in any way. And it's mostly like you are cockroaches that kind of just replace each other. And it doesn't really seem to matter if... You know, you live or die, which is maybe even more evolved because you guys are further from Africa and they're further from apes. And so more of maybe you're more evolved and maybe Americans are wrong by it. But I just see it more as just like robots without souls. Yeah. Yeah, it's wild. And uh, the whole time. So Kathy sees, you know, him getting into makeup and is like, "Uh, I think we need to break up. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, And he's like no 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 let hear me out yeah and so when he goes through the logic of of why uh why this character is in this play and why it's being portrayed by somebody white yeah and then after he goes through this whole like racist but maybe you're more evolved monologue she's like i get it Mm -hmm. okay let's keep going 
Like, which is, like, everything he has said, I have heard before. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 Which is sad, but yeah, yeah, yeah. real. Absolutely. Uh, some of it was new to me, but... It's, it's, it's really interesting how... And this is what, what is sort of compelling about this play, is Asian people are both seen as more than and less than white people at the same time it's very interesting yeah which is well i mean you could say that about really most races yeah 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 because there's something you know because you know hispanics are lazy but they also work really hard yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) which is the wildest black people are impervious to pain but also yeah you know it's just yeah yeah White people will find anything to be jealous about because the culture is so inundated that it's boring. Does that make sense? Because it's seen as exotic to not be white because white is the standard in most white people's minds. And so they go, oh, Mm -hmm. it's more interesting, you know, to be a minority than it's not. So therefore... These qualities are desirable, but I wouldn't actually want to be a minority. It's really mm. okay. kind of bass backwards, a lot, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. It's 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 very strange. So then we get a play rehearsal scene in black and white, and it's become clear that his ex girlfriend is playing. Uh, Mrs. Eleanor. Yeah. Eleanor. Yeah. Yes. And so we're having her interrogation in her home. Yeah. Yes. Uh, And Eleanor opens her interview with a story about winners and losers. (laughs) And I'm like, this is wild, but I love it. It is such a great monologue. Oh, yeah. Um, (gasps) And she's pretty much just talking about like how she is a winner in her life. Uh, but it also comes to pass that Earl was concerned for his life because mm. of these threatening messages that had been left at their home. Um, On their answering machine. And it is Chan who reveals to us that he has been having an affair. Uh, Earl has been ha- Earl had, before his passing, an, aff- an affair with Linda, the long-term acupuncturist. Right. Who, who is played... By Kathy, Kathy. Frank's girlfriend. Yes. <laughs> For a six-character play, it gets pretty... Con- or six-actor play. Yeah. Because there's more characters than actors. Um, Eleanor is seemingly, like, heartbroken at the news. It seemed like it was a shock to her. Yeah. And we also find out that Eleanor is quite literally very snotty. Like, she is going through these tissues like nobody's (laughs) business. Yes. And this is where they do that great handoff with the hanky. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And it's here that we also learn that uh, Alfred was hired as a manservant as a favor to Linda. That's right. Yeah, because Alfred's kind of a dope. Yeah, and he recently was let go after, like, a bad service or bad behavior at, like, a dinner party or something. Yeah. So was he embittered by being fired, by the affair? There's so many reasons for him to be embittered. Mm-hmm. And everybody's got a motive. 
Yeah. That's so. true. And I believe that interview ends and then Hastings berates Chan for Taking. being inhuman. Right. Being insensitive. And how he needs and... to, you know, try to be the image that white people would be most comfortable with. Yeah. Yeah. And he's basically like, oh, all right. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, so then we cut back to Frank's apartment. I believe he says literally, oh, me so solly, I believe is what the exact yeah. words are. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. a lot of that. Yeah. yeah. Which is like, oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, so we meet in in present day. We meet uh, Frank's brother, who is also named Charles, Charles Chan. Chan. And he goes by Chuck. Mm-hmm. The best abbreviation of Charles, in my opinion. I, I have prefer a- Lee. <laughs> I was like, Les. Les is also kind of fun. Well, Les is more. Oh, right. you. Oh, I have very, you back. I have very strong opinions about nicknames. And okay. which ones are the best ones. Yeah, okay. Well, then what's the best one for Charles? I think it is Chuck. Yeah, it depends. It depends. It's either Chuck or Charlie. What but about? But actually, Charles is pretty good on its own. Kevin sounds like it should be short for something. Am I wrong? Sorry. Kevin, the name, sounds like it should be short for another name. You think so? Yeah. It doesn't stand on its own. Interesting. I thought I think it does. Okay. I think so too. Um, what about Bill or William? So, okay, William, Will. Liam is the best one. No, Will is the best one. Billy. Bill or Billy. Billy is I prefer Will. I like Will. And then Billy. And then uh, well, okay. So it goes <laughs> it goes Will, then William, then Billy. But no then, Liam. No. Uh, <laughs> no Liam. I mean Liam, Liam's down there as far as a nickname for William. Mm. But Liam is a good name on its own. So yeah, Will, William, Billy, and then Bill. Bill's the least good. Billy's the best, followed by Bill, followed by William, followed by Will. Will, end of list. End of thought, I understand. (laughs) (laughs) And for Richard, Rich is the best nickname. Dick. (laughs) Dick is good. Ricky is also very good. Um... Oof. I used to call my, one of my managers at one of the Dicky, also very fun, um, but with an IE. <laughs> I used to call one of my managers whose name Richard Richarizard. I like that. See, that's good. Yeah, because um, he smoked a lot. He looked like a dragon. Yeah, that's... I like Ricky. Ricky, I do. Ricky's Richie is also like Ricky cute. the Dragon Steamboat. Mm. <laughs> I had I had forgotten about Ricky being an option. Ricky or Rick. Yeah. You got some explaining to do. Yeah. Um, Just being the Ricardos over there. Yeah. <laughs> Can I tell you what's so interesting? Jor- the nickname for George is Georgie, which is longer than George. Yeah. Uh-huh. You don't. I, I mean, was... Geo, too, I guess. Yeah. I know a couple people named Geo. But it's also more syllables if you say Geo rather George. than George. George Geo. is one syllable. George. I mean, I, it's when a I was, long one syllable. You are. <laughs> we can still go on tangents when Tyler's here. We are, yeah. I think <laughs> we've gotten real good at it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Yes. We find out, uh, well, the two start bickering over the role of Hastings immediately. Yes. Um, oh, yeah, it yeah. Is, it comes to pass through Kathy that the script is, like, all over the place. Yeah. Um, and Kathy kind of discovers through this conversation that the play... Chuck accuses Frank of like making the, like writing a play about their dad. Yeah. And yeah. Frank is like, no, no, it's not. And they go back and forth. And Kathy's like, yeah, no, it's, it's not about your dad. It's, it's about you. Yeah. And then Frank has like a little monologue about, you know, how this play is in fact about him and him discover him using this convention to discover himself. Mm-hmm. Right. Because uh, we also find out that Kathy has not heard about Frank's dad. So yeah. we get the story about him being a performer. Basically, yeah. when he came over to the States, uh, they changed his name. And everyone was expecting like this vaudevillian performer you know, to be like the Charlie Chan detective, since his name ha- was Charlie Chan. And... Uh, when he wasn't, people were disappointed, so he turned himself into that so he could make money. Yeah. Um, and he ended up basically drinking too much and uh, was hit by a train and and died, which is very upsetting. But, uh, yes. Which, two things. One, do you remember that Tom and Jerry episode that ends with them sitting on the train tracks? No. They oh, both lose no, their no. girlfriends and they both just sit down on the trail train tracks waiting to get murdered. I mean, I get the impulse, not going to lie, but <laughs> like I don't fair. recommend it. Yeah, no. Um, and then also, this sort of thing is actually incredibly common in vaudeville. I'm listening to a book about the history of American comedy and mm-hmm. this, it was awfully often intentionally done to change your name to be similar to a famous person so you would get booked through confusion. Sure. Anyhow, we uh, so that takes us into uh, after we uh, Chuck has agreed to play the husband and the cop. And yeah. The, yeah. Uh, which he's been doing the whole time. And he mm-hmm. plays the bartender at the bar. And, you know, this this actor's we've seen him before. He's he's been he's been around. Um, and, and so then we get an, a brief interlude from uh, our friend, the Capuchin Monkey. And she takes us into intermission. Yeah. And poses the question, what's the number one, like, representation of Asian America and pop culture? You know, it kind of with the implied, it'll take you a minute, right? Yeah. yeah. With Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan from Jackie Chan Adventures. That's with, like, I was like, he is the most popular Asian American person I can think of. I think she's, the oh. way she posed it was, like, the greatest. I, I still think Jackie Chan's the greatest. I mean, I suppose I, I suppose you're right. I mean, that's not where my mind went. Yeah, but who was your pick? Okay, like I, I think I was still like I was mostly approaching it from the genre perspective because mm. I remember bringing it up to y'all a while back, like a few years ago, I think, about like, do we like are there Asian American detectives? Yeah. stories sure. yeah I we were like that. trying to figure out what that would be and all that came up for me in my search was charlie chan and yeah. i didn't want to do it for yeah. obvious reasons right mm-hmm. um 
Yeah, and now there are like I think like one or two. But there's actually a book I got for Christmas, which is more like YA mystery, young mm-hmm. adult okay. uh, mystery uh, book. But yeah, like there's as far as like mysteries go, like yeah. Charlie Chan kind of like is it, and like that's yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah. yeah. There are so many actors that I would love to see, like, in a mystery. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, yeah, I was, I was trying to think as well. And um, I think you're, you're probably right, Tristan. But, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, like, only thinking of more recent stuff about, like... Oh, for sure. Great representations of Asian characters and Asian actors. And you know just thinking very recently about shang chi and how um mm-hmm. what a what a great character and movie yeah. that is and how how impactful that that actually is full volume or on mute asked to have a good time yep. <laughs> absolutely yeah <laughs> and i think to your point melissa i think the reason i was able to come up with it is i grew up with jackie chan like yeah. he was everywhere i yeah. saw rush hour was a big thing in my house like yeah and like yeah. jackie chan adventures was something i watched after school every day it was like this is one i need to see and so like to someone's credit like there are certainly more stories but still yeah. there's not specifically to your point tyler as well like within the genre of mystery yeah it's like rush hour isn't a mystery it's a cop buddy cop movie yeah. so yeah. we couldn't recover that we couldn't cover that but yeah there's not a lot yeah i don't want to get into that discussion we don't have time that's fair but yeah so that question was posed you let us know in your mm-hmm. replies to twitter or in the facebook comments dm me and be like what you think of that do it do it now <laughs> uh jackie chan will buy a segue Every film production and then give it away at the end of it. Oh, that's fun. But he also won't let his kid have any of his money. (laughs) He's a complicated guy because he's like, well, you have to make it on your own. He's like, Mm. well, dad, it's inheritance. He's like, well, you got to you're gay and I don't like that. So, mm. oh, is that a thing? Yeah, unfortunately. How old is this son? (laughs) (laughs) Age is just a number, baby. Oh, nope. (laughs) <laughs> going up maybe not going down oh yeah like, i'm yeah, not yeah, yeah, yeah. doing has that ever i've always seen that meaning going up no, like Aaliyah had a song about it in reference oh, to our yeah. oh okay <laughs> yeah yeah no it, yeah that it, was, uh, oh that's it, interesting it, yeah yeah that's no, always where my mm, mind goes is mm, yeah no the I think that's the title of the song, right? Yeah, Agent, yeah. yeah. Angie, nothing but a number or something. Yeah. Oh, noted. Um, yeah, so. Uh, so we come back from intermission and we get a scene with, uh, what is his first name, the character? Is it Alfred Wong? Yes, yeah. Alfred. Alfred Wong. Because right. he's Alfred the Butler. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Uh. And he is extremely jittery and nervous. Yeah. He is. This actor is a really fun scene. Yeah, this actor is great. Uh, So basically, it comes out, yes, he knew that his uh, wife was having the affair. Yes, he was upset about being fired. But he... Charlie basically decides he couldn't have possibly done it. Mm -hmm. 
And Hastings is like, are you kidding me? This guy had the most motive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, you've got to trust my methods. Yeah. And uh, it's also noted, because it upsets Charlie very much, that Alfred cannot speak Mandarin. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we do get a funny bit that kind of plays into something coming up or a bit later, where uh-huh. uh, Alfred cannot say the word suspect. Oh, my yeah. gosh. <laughs> that is fun. That is fun. He can't even, yeah. It is so distasteful to him that he cannot even say the word. And then... And then it passes over to um, Arthur as well, who can't. Right. It's like a, it's a it's a silly, silly bit. Right. Once Alfred has left, he's like, he couldn't even say the word. Suspicious. Bus, bus butt or, you know, whatever. <laughs> I mean, suspect. Now I'm doing it, too. Yeah. Um, but then it basically he's been crossed off the list as a suspect. One of the lines where he's like, I don't like what you're doing, Chan is he's like you're doing two mysterious of things and charlie's kind of like isn't that the whole bit though yeah <laughs> uh absolutely so then we get a scene he also calls him some epithets that are deeply creative oh, and sure. and it reminds me a lot of uh just the again unfortunately i do find it amusing when ar- such archaic epithets are used because i'm like who the hell says that yeah no i and it's, i appreciate it as well especially like uh the black dynamite cartoon exactly yeah like there's this whole like howard cosell thing during like the race war episode of black <laughs> where like it's a literal car race and each race has their own oh. driver <laughs> yeah yeah it's very that's good so, that's so it's great. like howard cosell and it is Muhammad Ali yes. as uh, like yeah, yeah, the is. commentators. Mm-hmm. And Howard Cosell, in quotes, because it's a voice actor, obviously, sure. goes, and that's why they call you the modern day Shakespeare. Not because of your words, because you literally shake a spear. <laughs> 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 it's so racist, but like, it's so... Yeah. <laughs> wait, 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 what? Uh, it's so... If you're going to be racist, you have to be at least creative. Yes. Yeah. I mean, honestly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> For sure. And it's also like... You hear that, Kid Rock? (laughs) (laughs) What you're doing, it's not original. Step it up. (laughs) Oh, my God. If you're racist, at least be fun about it. (laughs) (laughs) It's so fucking... It's like... I don't know. It's it's so weird of like... Because it is also in this... In in that cartoon and also the the live action film. And then also in this, I'm like... I learned some words. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. And it's like, oh, I just, you know, you, you there's just so many different, like, and it's just like, wow, why were we, do- like, you. I learned about, I learned about slurs doing West Side Story mm. oh. because there's an exchange at the gym or right before the fight where, like, they're, like, slurs, like, back and forth from the Sharks and Jets. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, all of it, like, our suburban New Jersey selves were like, what, like, what is it? Like, what are they saying to us? And we're like, we're laughing about it because, like, we have no idea yeah. what any of this means. Right. And, like, my poor, poor white director has to, like, explain like, <sighs> all so of these funny. things to us. Yeah. No, absolutely. I learned about slurs from media, I, I think, almost exclusively. Um, 
thankfully, I guess. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, I I learned about the N word watching Family Matters. Oh. So it's like, what is yeah. this? And oh. I immediately understood that it was not a good word <laughs> because of the context. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. The word they used for Vietnamese people, specifically during the yes. war, I didn't know. I didn't learn about that until like 2016. And there mm. was a film that was titled that word. And I was like, oh, you mean this? And someone's like, well, you can't. I was like, what? Why? And I was just I had no idea. And it's just like so yeah. we. I get, what, there's so much effort put in yeah. to it. It's so strange. And it's also universal for most ethnic groups as well, that there are like epithets for Italian people and Irish people. And, you know, it's just like, why are we doing? Yeah. It's. I mean, nobody's white until they're not, is what I've learned about yes. this country. Yes, absolutely. And. I was recently... Or nobody's white until they are, is yes. what I like yeah. to say. Yeah, 100%. And there um, was this interesting thing online that was like, well, the concept of whiteness was a response to the African slave trade because we had to justify like, oh, how come we are treating human beings like chattel? So uh, 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 I guess we're white. And it's really interesting as well, I think, from a, a, a linguistic standpoint of like white is the absence of dye. And so it's an absence of color. So it's a neutral thing. So it's seen to be the, you know, base. And it's also mm -hmm. pure. It's seen as holy. And I'm yeah. like, oh, they really did a real good job picking the word, huh? Yeah, I remember that really powerful scene in uh, Spike Lee's Malcolm X where mm -hmm. they, like, go through the dictionary. Like, this man who teaches Malcolm X about Islam in prison. Mm -hmm. And I believe that's on HBO Max now. It's streaming somewhere. I believe it's on HBO oh, okay. because um, I think a lot of Spike's movies are. Because um, yeah. He Got Game is on there. And I think Do the Right Thing as well. Yeah, it's like split between like HBO Max and Netflix. Mm -hmm. Because he had She's Gotta Have It, the show. Oh, yeah. That's uh, right. And so I think the, the uh, that film is also it on is. there. Is, yeah. Great movie. Yeah, very problematic, which he also recognizes, and I appreciate. He was like, I should not have done that. That scene, I was too, I was not mature enough at the time to have done that scene. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. If you know the movie, you know. Yeah. <laughs> if you know, you know. Mm -hmm. Totally fair. I, I do not, unfortunately. I but you know what I do but... know? What comes next in Charles Francis Chan Jr.'s exotic oriental murder mystery? So we get a scene that now that I'm looking at it again, because I'm scrubbing through to make sure I'm keeping track of all of this. Melissa uh, loves to scrub. I do. Um, <laughs> I don't want goes, no scrubs. <laughs> it goes back and forth between black and white and color. Oh, is this the Lynn, like the two actress? Scene? Yes. So we yeah. have... Um, the ex-girlfriend who's playing Eleanor and we have Kathy who plays Linda. Yes. And she's Kathy is like coaching, um, coaching the other woman whose real name. I don't remember. Um, whose real character name. I don't oh, remember, yeah, I don't but remember she's playing Mrs. Biggers. Um, yeah. So 
basically saying like, you know, but do you really know what it feels like to be a white woman kind mm-hmm. of thing? And she's getting into character and she's like, oh, do you ever wish you were white? Because this feels great. And she's like, oh, no. And then he's like, come on, really? And she's like, yeah, occasionally. Yes, I do. But then she's like so into the character and so like so it gets really, really into it that Kathy's kind of like, all right, that's enough. Mm-hmm. And then I now realize we are cut into a scene where it's black and white and mm-hmm. she's um, playing the acupuncturist, Linda, and uh, poisons, uh, says how she would have killed Alf, uh, would have killed her husband if it had been her mm-hmm. and then kills Eleanor that way. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. There's a very imp- thing that stood out during the interrogation scene of Alfred. Mm-hmm. That was the funniest part of the whole thing where he goes, did you leave? Where were you? And he goes, well, I was at home the whole day. You didn't do anything. Yeah. You don't go outside. Not once. You don't go to the restaurant. You don't take a walk. Not anything. And Alfred's like, no. <laughs> he goes, that's sad. Alfred. <laughs> it was the funniest yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there are two gags that like really made me laugh, and that's one of them. I'm sorry to interrupt the whole like, oh, this lady's been poisoned for a joke, but, <laughs> but I could not. Yeah, that, that was a good. I, it was. Yeah. It was that's great. sad. <laughs> that part You're was a really sad, man. I was like, oh gosh, it's like every day during the pandemic. Yeah. During you know the height of it. Um. Hopefully. So far. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> gotta keep you on your toes. <laughs> but I actually got pretty confused at a certain point. Yes, this was a confusing transition. Um, and yeah. I was like, did she? Did Kathy kill? Yeah, the yeah. ex-girlfriend in real life. Very muddled. I think I actually took the note with I had like a question mark at the end of like Kathy kills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Act. Because then the next scene is uh, Linda talking to Hastings. Like, mm-hmm, I have yeah. something important to tell you. Yeah. And I, for some <laughs> yeah. reason, didn't register that it was those characters. Like, I thought it was Kathy talking yeah. to Frank. Like, yeah. I have something to tell you. But so it did I. Is in the black and white convention. I thought it was, like, during a play rehearsal. I know. Yeah, and then she was, like, trying to, like, like, uh, I'll tell you what I just did after rehearsal. Like, we don't need to talk about it right now, but I do need to talk to you because I yeah. just killed someone. It's like the vibe that yeah, I Yeah, exactly. And, and then I wonder if it was meant to be purposely is... Confusing. Yeah. But, I mean, spoiler for the end of our podcast, I guess, but it's not really made clear. Yeah. Until you're like, oh, okay, we've never addressed that. So I guess she did not actually kill this actress and that it was just the character killing the character. So that really, yeah, that messed with me for a little bit because I'm like, and also, um, Eleanor Biggers does not appear in the rest of the play. Yeah. I mean, which makes sense because the character is dead, but it's like. Yeah, she not even in because this is a rehearsal process, right? And we find out later that it's like a nine month rehearsal process, which is wild. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> but but yeah, um, you know, so this actor never appears either. Yeah, so like this she could be dead. Yeah, and maybe she is. Maybe she is. Maybe maybe that is what happened, and we just never address it. <laughs> I don't know. It's 
confusing. It is a confusing bit. And yeah. specifically because they just go straight into it and then the person playing Kathy starts speaking in a different way that's very subservient. And I'm like, what? If, yeah. Is it like... It was just confusing. It was yeah. just a confusing transition. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think that there's a way to do it that yeah. is clearer. I really want to read the, the script. It is a, like I can buy it. Like uh, I just haven't yet. Yeah. Uh, no, absolutely. The script. That would be very interesting to see how it's laid out in the script. Mm-hmm. Um, because overall, I think that all of the distinctions between scenes are very clear. Mm-hmm. in this which is why when this one moment yeah this very important moment it seems yeah, unclear. there's a reason that it tripped three people yeah to yeah. watch it separately up right exactly um but chan charlie chan arrives and the interview begins yes with linda um, and linda starts by speaking mandarin to charlie chan oh and boy and this is the second Kath- joke that i oh. uh, got a huge laugh out of me unfortunately <laughs> Uh, Kathy is speaking actual Mandarin and the white actor playing Charlie Chan is clearly not speaking actual Mandarin. It's beautifully orchestrated because there's a beat before Charlie Chan begins to speak. And and in previous scenes, he's greeted people by saying ni hao, Mm -hmm. you know, which is hello in Mandarin. So it's like, oh, maybe there's a moment where she starts speaking Mandarin and he's like, did, does this actor know how to speak Mandarin? Did they find someone that could, yeah. you know, white that knows Mandarin? and Or what's happening? And then, of course, he's doing Chinese gibberish, yeah. which is not great, obviously, but it's also, like, the commitment to continue this entire yeah. conversation with him doing the gibberish is also very good. It's incredibly well orchestrated. Yeah. yeah. I was like, to... Be that actor. Like, I don't... If somebody was like, hey, <laughs> there's this part we want... <laughs> right? Like, I, I don't talk know. To him. Yeah. Was there hesitation? I know. I thought about that, too. Because, goodness. Like... Mm-hmm. Take some stones. Right. Because yeah. clearly this... This is a play being that was written and produced by people of color. And so, like... You know, it's, this actor probably had a certain amount of like, all right, if this is what you want me to do, kind of idea going into it. But yeah, my goodness, it, it kind of reminded me. And again, I watched this episode before I watched the play of the episode of Boondocks with Fred Willard. Oh, yeah. Where he plays a teacher who calls one of the main characters an N word. Yeah. And he says the N word like probably 50 times yeah. in that episode. Yes. And like. It's really well done and very funny. And I'm like, the gumption that Fred Willard had to be like, this is what the part is. Yeah. This show is what it is. And I trust these people. So it's good on the production of the play to make that actor feel comfortable enough to do this terribly racist bit that did unfortunately make me laugh very hard. Yeah, it's, it's such a... It's such a difficult thing and it's such a delicate thing because not (laughs) just not knowing like when is this a problem and when is this a commentary 
that is helpful? When is this productive? And I don't know. I think the debate is still up for how much of it is productive. But um, I mean, in this in this play, I think that it succeeds more than it fails. But that's my own personal opinion. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that there are lots of, would be many people who do not feel that way. Oh, we're going to get into it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, I, I, I felt myself wondering a lot, like, mm-hmm. how much does this succeed of, you know? Yeah, it's yes and yeah we'll we'll we should table that conversation to the end of it when we're not thinking about the plot but she basically doesn't she admit to she admits to having an affair with him and and says how that transpired she spilled some coffee strawberry preserves oh yeah yeah. Which reminded me of the Justin McElroy put jelly on it. If you don't want people to touch it, like you can prank someone by putting like jelly on a doorknob or whatever, oh. <laughs> which is what this reminded me of. Sure. Because it's like, so some preserves fell on his pants and she was wiping it down. And then it's like, got an erection. And yeah. yeah. Off to the races, as it were. Because mm. he was hung Ooh. like a horse. Just- <laughs> I was going to say, is that race relations? Is that... Uh, yes so so this whole interrogation uh transpires and basically he's like ah yeah no she didn't kill him either and and arthur's like what do you mean and he goes because i am the killer chan goes and he goes what you killed the lady and he goes oh no 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 i'm so sorry i understand the confusion i didn't kill the lady i killed the guy Yeah. yeah but I didn't kill the lady. And he goes, okay, well then why did you say it that way? It's like a weird, yeah. almost who's on first ask a bit. <laughs> it's very strange. Yeah. Um, then do we cut back to present day or is this like the finale already? We do cut back to present day. Okay. Uh, and basically Kathy's like, look, I think I'm done with this whole marriage thing. Like, what are you doing with your life? You suck. Um, and he's like, I don't know. I'm just playing it by ear. And 22, what do you want from me? Yay. Yeah, because she has found a draft notice in the trash and he like partially burned it. He's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. The I- non-committal to partially burn it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's fun. But, but yeah. Um, so she's like listen, you got to make up your mind because I'm pregnant. Mm-hmm. What do you want to do about that? Yes. And he's putting on makeup this whole time, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Of uh, the, it's similar to the capuchin the monkey, monkey yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And she's admitted at some point that also a monkey comes to her in her, her dreams. But Except most, it's Jesus. Most of the time it's Jesus Christ. Yes. But other times it's a monkey and other times it's Buddha and all this like stuff. Like and yeah. 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 Uh, Actually, they talk about that in the scene where the brother is introduced, and he's like, "Gosh, I wish I had a imaginary, imaginary friend, <laughs> imaginary well. friend to help me make decisions." <laughs> I know. And then I Jiminy look like Cricket I'm... hops on his shoulders, like, "You do, champ." <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, and oh, and in the prior scene, Linda, the character, had revealed that she was only sleeping with her boss to feel powerful, get pregnant. Oh, yes. Because her, right. hus- her husband couldn't get yeah. pregnant. Oh, 
yeah, there's a oh boy. <laughs> it's very graphic what she describes. Yeah. And yeah. also, since she's speaking Mandarin, you have to read it. Yeah. And there's something about reading it that's far more vis- visceral than like if mm-hmm. someone was just talking about it, you'd be like, oh, that's nasty. But like reading it, it's just like, oh, I don't know. It was very. I get what you're saying. Yeah. No, because your mind is nasty. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, then we go into it's really I mean, it's clever how it mirrors the play because, you know, she has just had this conversation with her husband and then we get into the play within the play and Linda is having a discussion with Alfred to say, all right, you got, I'm pregnant now. You have to get a job. Yeah. And she is coaching him very harshly through getting on the phone with someone who might be able to give him a job. And he's very timid and, you know. Yes. Uh, Next, it's Charlie and Hastings having a conversation, right? Yes. And then Randy bursts in to tell them they have to come into this other room quickly. Because Eleanor is dead. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Because Eleanor has died. Uh, And with that, Hastings is like, clearly you have lost control over this investigation. I'm taking it over. And Randy's like, can you do that? And he's like, I'm white. Yep. And yeah. they're like, okay. That moment <laughs> was very fun. I wish he would have looked straight into the camera, though. <laughs> I wish he would have, like, <laughs> I'm a white guy. Yeah. Very fun. Uh, yes. So, at this point, then, we get this basically penultimate scene. It's the final scene of the play, within the play. Yeah, this is where my notes stopped. Okay. And... Uh, does it in this scene does charlie chan go super saiyan or is that in the previous scene no it's this, this scene okay because yeah. he does grow in size which i think and says and i quote <laughs> i am charlie chan unleashed and i was like alternate title <laughs> <laughs> it was so good and they do they change the angle and they have the light mm-hmm. it was yeah. very yeah very fun and <laughs> just they have and then the actors. I'm sorry, but then you know the eye line changed to suggest he's also like Voltroned up yeah. or whatever. Yeah. It's yeah. so good. It's so sad. <laughs> like, what are we doing? And we have a very oh. long oh. sword fight scene, which almost works. Yeah, because it is on Zoom, so there's the technical part of it is you know the dialogue. Wor- works and what they did would what is cool is they put in graphics to suggest like like they do in anime or like whatever like yeah i'm curious as to like what they like used yeah we keep saying zoom it's clearly it's it could be a couple of different things right and i'm just curious as to like i mean obviously it was run through like obs or something like from whatever they were doing what it seems to me is they probably was this performed live to tape? That I don't know. So I don't know if they had filmed I, different actors and edited things together. Yeah, there I is a way to do that because I tape. had done. Because yeah. Yeah. I believe it, what it feels like to me is they recorded it on Zoom so the actors could like interact in a more sincere way. Um, but then they put it through like, you know, Final Cut or whatever and added graphics mm-hmm. and the filters, obviously. And then also... Um, Everyone's on blue screen, so there's a lot of different backgrounds over the the course of the 
the play. So yeah. that, I yeah. think, was added in There is a way probably. to do that type of work yes. live to tape, though, because I had to do that uh, during the pandemic as oh. well. Like, we ran through it all the way through, and then everything was, like, kind of added post. Like, we did the show live yeah. as presented, but, like, mm-hmm. then it was edited from there. Gotcha. So yeah. I don't know exactly what their process was. I'd be curious to find out. Absolutely. I know they have like a few more productions upcoming in this series. Yeah. It's really, I mean, for what it is, it's very successful. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, They've, uh, they've done it more successfully than I've seen a lot of, uh, a lot of things done. And I thought like, I watched the Ratatouille musical as well. Oh, Ratatouille. Ratatouille. And I thought they did a pretty good job, but this is. My soul has left my body. (laughs) Oh, it, it was like a fun. No, I know no. what I know of it, but just Ratatouzical. Ratatouzical. Yeah, it's great. Um, and I mean, especially because it like started as a TikTok thing. Yeah, it's like yeah. a bit together. Yeah, but uh, you know, that one was done even more low tech than this. Like, and yeah. they did a pretty this good is, job. Yeah, this is like pretty sophisticated as far as digital theater goes. Um, but yeah, so essentially. At the heart of this scene is, look, you're, you are, I am your father. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Luke, I am your father. <laughs> um, and you can, uh, you can honor your father and his sacrifice and the shame he felt by like just trying to take care of his family kind of deal. Yeah. And this is the point where we get the monologue from Charlie, right? about how he dies yes that's that's this point right yeah yeah Yeah. it's because at some point there's also a fight with alfred and his wife we yeah we we covered that yeah it's a phone call yeah we yeah we we got there with swords though like they fight charlie chan Oh, no, we did not get to that. Yeah, Charlie Chan shows up and kills Alfred, and and there's a really messed up moment where he stabs... Yeah, um, pregnant. Pregnant, what Linda. is her name? Linda, and throws the baby out of her womb. Yeah. It's deeply disturbing, and if there was a moment to cut, it was that. But it's also like... I think that's actually later. That's later? Then So then this conversation... so. Because this conversation... Regardless, regardless. It's been a minute since I've seen it. Yes. <laughs> regardless, Sorry, yeah, I... Charlie gives this beautiful monologue about how he had to sacrifice what he wanted to do. And he also presents this beautiful monologue of like, because he talks about the night he died. Because he goes, oh, I was like, I was on the train tracks and I thought about how my ancestors came over to this country and I felt these trains that nobody uses anymore. And he goes, one of my grandfathers worked and i only met him twice and the first time he's this mountain of a man and he had these big hands that had calluses all over him and he was so strong and so powerful then i met him the second time and he was meek and he was like i looked for the calluses on his hands and his hands were gone and no one said why and i'll never know and no one will never know and there's so many literal dead bodies buried under this railroad that we will never know and that is one of the reasons i adapted because i saw this world 
and how to fit into it in order to operate. But my shame was so great that I laid down on the train tracks and let a train kill me. Now, this monologue is so wonderfully performed with the thickest, most offensive faux Chinese accent I've heard in a very long time and nails it that you forget that it's incredible acting in this moment. I was like, oh, damn, he really... The, okay the, it was really really powerful in a way and i wasn't expecting that and it was really really good yeah yeah so i am sorry i i did miss the sword fight with okay alfred and linda i scrubbed through so fast that i it's like fine it was like right it after was the right phone call it's right after the phone call yeah that, that makes sense uh that yes hastings comes in Mm-hmm. And he's wearing like the capuchin monkey makeup at this point, right? Yeah, yeah. And so he comes in and he he kills them both, and kills their the um. Basically, it's like a very um. I'm killing these stereotypes. Yeah. Of like the um the weak Chinese man and the dragon lady stereotypes. Yeah. You must die in order for us to succeed. Yeah. And then we get into the scene with Charlie Chan, and he's going to kill that stereotype, too, basically. Yeah. And, yeah, at a certain point, it turns to um, Frank talking to his dad. Yeah. It's no longer these two characters. And so, eventually, he does kill Charlie Chan, but he's doing it to give him a different, more honorable death, essentially. His father. Yeah. Give that to his father. Oh, yeah. And the reason Charlie Chan killed what is the Mr. Biggers is because he was his dad by saying he's the author and right. you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Just to wrap up that part of the play. Yes. No, that's, no, that, that's important. Yeah. It is important. Yes. Um, so, yes. Uh, then after that, we get present day and it is. Uh, Frank says, OK, no, I want to be called Charlie now. I'm going to be embracing that part of myself and Kathy, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to, um, I have a plan now. Going to get on a VW bus and go around killing white folks. No killing white racists. I said what I said. I've yet to meet a white person. That's not racist. Hmm? Here's looking at you, Melissa. (laughs) 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 I know. Melissa hates February. Look, I know. (laughs) I hate Black Whiskey Month and I hate Valentine's Day. I'm Little Melissa. And I, Little Melissa is a big way. My God. I know I started it. (laughs) Poor Melissa. Yeah, poor Melissa. No, it's fair. Um, (laughs) She admits. (laughs) <laughs> yes i admit to being racist yeah for sure i understand yeah. <laughs> i uh, understand where i where i fit into all of this but yeah. um <clears throat> so yeah and and kathy says look i think that it's great but um this little girl i'm carrying inside me i can't really do that right now 
And the point that his dad was trying to make to him is like, it's about, you know, it's about the. It's about family. It's about the children. It's about how what you give to your, what you give to your kids and how how you can help them succeed. Mm-hmm. And so then Kathy's like, yeah, I, this is what I gotta do. Um, mm-hmm. I can't can't do that with you. Peace out, Cub Scout. Yep. <laughs> Never heard that before. That's quite cute. Oh yeah, that's um, a fun one. Yeah. But yeah, and it's interesting because it is they both do agree like we need to make the world better for the next clump of people. Yeah. yeah. But how you go about that is kind of up to you. Yeah. And we are still fighting that battle. Yeah. I mean, um, we had a black president crimes against Asian Americans <laughs> yeah. has yeah. like increased to just absurd numbers for the time we are alive in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> when was this first produced? Was it like, was this, this upcoming is the first or production was... that I had ever heard of this particular play. But I, when I went to just do like a mm-hmm. Google search to make sure that I got the title correct, mm. I know that like the script is available. So I wonder if there has been like an in-person oh, production before I, that I don't know. I know, like, Paula Vogel, like, it was either brought to her or she found it some Mm -hmm. way and wanted this done. And that's why it's being, that's why it was done uh, by the McCarter. I was wondering if that was the case. And it was directed by Ralph Pena, Mm -hmm. who I believe is, yes, uh, he is the current uh, artistic director of Mayi Theater Company, which is... uh, a very prominent uh, Asian American theater company here in New York. Oh, very cool, wonderful. Um, yeah, what do we think of this one? Is this what's the scale? For I was this? wondering. I, I, for plays, I don't remember. We've I only mean, ever covered one other. It was over two yeah. hours long, so I feel like it's uh, uh, out, it's of a mo- okay. out of ten. Okay. Yeah. Boy, was it over two hours long. I give it nine and a chaplain. Yeah. I really, for uh, what I believe, (laughs) how it exists on paper and how it translated to this medium, which uh, we are still navigating this new medium in the world of theater. Mm -hmm. I think they handled it brilliantly and beautifully. Like it was very aesthetically pleasing to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I did not... (laughs) I did not see the twist coming as to who did it and mm-hmm. why. Uh, that couldn't couldn't have predicted it as yeah. far as, you know, for me. Uh, and I thought the actors, like, not a weak link in the cast. And, yeah, I, I just want, I want more. Um, yeah, I found it really engaging. Uh, the actors were wonderful to watch. Um, very, very charming and like deft at switching between characters and whatnot. Um, I think I'm going to give it, I think I'm giving it an eight. Um, just with the confusion of, uh, that moment we talked about. And also a couple of things that I think we got a little in the weeds with. Um, it would take me another couple of watches to articulate it a little bit better, I think. But, uh, 
but it just it, it seems like the end the end was really lovely and nice um just figuring that all out but like getting to it mm-hmm. got a little fuzzy for me for a second yeah um but but yeah largely very successful really really fascinating to watch um yeah i was very impressed with the way that they handled the actual production of of this digital uh digital play six out of ten uh better than i thought going in um you both know theater is not my favorite um zoom theater particularly is difficult for me to be on board with because i again we're still figuring it out yeah that sort Mm -hmm. of stuff so the medium already i'm not a huge fan of so it gets points off for that which is again personal preference as far as the mystery goes did see it coming um just because i was like well thematically he has to kill his father which is the author because this guy has to kill his father which is the problem because they're it's both the same thing it's about generational trauma therefore mm-hmm. um who killed mrs biggers seemed to be a material of anything it seemed kind of they just needed an excuse to kill off that character at the end yeah. of the thing mm-hmm. where where it's like Chan could have just been a murderer, you know. Yeah. He killed one. He could have just kept killing. Um, I think where this succeeds the most is in the moments that are the play within the play. I think if that was more focused on, and tonally I think that works better for me at least, um, because a lot of... This is what I will say. Had this been in other hands, I would have abhorred it because this has many of the tropes that I find distasteful about modern theater in as much as it is about a writer, it is metatextual, Mm. and a lot of the dialogue seems like a thesis rather than how people talk. And so had it been not as good as it was, I would have been like, I gotta just stop watching this. Um, But because it is good... I didn't feel compelled to stop watching. I watched it all the way through. The only time I scrubbed was to get through the intermission because, mm-hmm. you know, they do take an actual intermission. Um, I think the acting was solid to good. Um, the guy, play- again, the fact that he was able to deliver that monologue, whoever that actor is, in the, thi- again, the thickest, most racist Asian accent and still, like, make me feel really emotional and to the point where you forget he's doing it, really. Yeah. Um, beautiful stuff. Um, and then also the lead, some pretty solid acting from him as well. They, everyone's clearly understood what they were doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to know the woman that plays Kathy, um, because the scene when she's speaking in Mandarin, I think is the best she, where she really shines. And I want to know, I would love to know why that is, Hmm. you know say it for that reason because often i would assume that based upon her age and everything i have no idea whether or not english is her first or second language but i would assume it would be her first based off of her accent and this sort of stuff but often when you're when you speak another language and you do scenes in that other things come out Mm -hmm. which is just a joy to watch um but yeah had it not been as well handled as it was 
I would have not liked it at all. Um, so my above a five is very good <laughs> um, as far as a piece of media like this goes. I'll also say it reminded me a lot of a Mel Brooks thing because of the fact that it's very similar to Young Frankenstein regarding like a disavowment of your past with acceptance at the end. And then also it's totally very similar to Blazing Saddles. Like I would, were I to put a blurb, it's like Asian Blazing Saddles, which is very reductive. Um, but it, it's incredibly rude and reductive, but it is like that same sort of like using racist terminology to explore an yeah. idea, which you brought this up earlier, Melissa, of like how productive is that? And I really am from the firm stance of like, it depends on who's saying it. Yeah. Which is, you know, the point of this play is clearly to start a discussion about this sort of thing. I do think a lot of, again, the dialogue is a little heavy handed. And I think. I, well, no, this is your time. It, 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 it's everyone's time. It's a podcast. <laughs> You're supposed to over talk. <laughs> <laughs> but like, Yes, I could understand like it feeling heavy handed, but I also feel like a heavy hand is really necessary right now. That's also a fair point. And I also had that um, thought as well of like, well, I know this because I come from like I'm on Twitter and I'm in New York, whereas like other people might not be aware of this sort of thing. So it, it makes sense that it would be more explicit. Maybe that's a better word than heavy handed. Mm. Because there's no, there's no question what this play is about. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I also prefer the play within the play because it's a satire, and that is perhaps my favorite genre of comedy. Next to no, period. Satire is probably my favorite. And you have to, I think, also to regarding like the explicit nature of what's being said. We have started viewing satire through a different lens lately. Does that make people have to be very clear that like this is meant to be pro whatever or like this is meant to be anti-racist? Yeah, yeah. Which is like a, again talking about the guy who is playing Charlie Chan. Like it's pretty clear within the play that it's an anti-racist play. Yeah. So were I asked to do that role, I'd be like absolutely. Yeah. Whereas like in other things. Maybe not so much. Exactly. And yeah, if this were not... Like, if this if this were written by a white person, like, that would be... Mm -hmm. I mean, first of all, a white person could not have written this play. Second of all... It's, yeah. As explicit as it <laughs> yeah. is, it's also nuanced in yeah. a way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Second of all, if a white person had written this play, we shouldn't be producing it. <laughs> yeah. Third of all... You wouldn't want to play that character if if mm -hmm. this were in the hands of white people. Like that would be a huge problem. It would be rude at the least. Yeah. yeah, exactly. As much as it, you know, would be trying to be anti-racist. Mm -hmm. This exact play, I mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, like it, it would be like if you struck Lloyd's name and put somebody else's there and like, it's the exact same script. Yeah. Like right. That. Like the lens we're seeing it through would be a problem. Yeah. It would just be a problem. And yeah. So mm. I'm, I, I am thinking the, um, I'm thinking the best of this actor who I yeah. do not know. Oh, for <laughs> so, sure. So this, this white man, I, I, I would imagine and hope would have had all of these thoughts as well <laughs> to be like, okay, I feel okay playing this character. Because mm -hmm. because of who is handling it. So. 
For sure. And even if you had... The way it's cast, if the cast was different, it also would read differently. Does that oh, make yeah. sense? Yeah. Like if um the person playing Hastings was white, like you'd be like, Oh boy. Yeah. It would it would change the tone of the whole thing as well. Yes. It would not it would be less funny. It would be less Yeah. It would be certainly less acceptable. Mm. I think it would be less funny. I think yeah, I mean it, it would Yeah, it really like it is this play is so dependent on a number of factors. Yes. Yeah. It is a it is a Jenga yeah. pile. Yeah. Um I'll say this. Maybe it wouldn't be less funny, but it'd be funny in a different way and it would be cringe comedy. Yeah. It would be like Michael Scott rather yes. than like, okay, yeah. we're all in on the joke. Yeah. Yeah. A- absolutely. Yeah. This is really there's a lot of thought experiments we can do. With, yeah, for sure. You know. Um what we think about this. And I'm sure that there's also a school of thought of like, we can't put racial stereotypes in anything because mm. them existing at all, yeah. even through an anti-racist lens, propagates them. And I see that argument as well. And I really wonder what the dialogue about this play is like. Yeah. My only other criticisms of the piece would be the formatting is a little strange sometimes. It's almost written like a screenplay where it's intercutting between the two. Luckily, you know, with the color and not, it makes things clear. But also, I would love to see a staged version of yeah. this because yeah. I think it would work. Obviously, I mean, not obviously. I think a lot of elements would work far better. Yeah. Like, for example, just the sword fight. With that being said, I don't think you could get Charlie Chan unleashed in the same way because how do you make a, a man grow 12 feet but they well, can do it. That's pop it right, yeah, it's I like guess. Yeah. yeah. But like that would be really interesting to see how they handle that as well. Um, it would be really cool if they did like a what is that when the the shadow puppetry. That would be an yeah. interesting direction. Um, but yeah, it, if the format kind of felt weird sometimes just like within the script itself of the intercutting. Um Oh, you can definitely do that on stage though. Like oh, there's lots of stuff you can do. Yeah, for sure. I almost feel as though I would have preferred the setup of like this guy is in a crisis he's going to write a play then it's just the entire play within a play and then you bookend it. But that's a personal preference thing. I also feel like you don't need that last scene with him talking to his wife though because I feel like the story itself is wrapped up with the death of Charlie Chan and then it's almost like an epilogue. I guess. I'm trying to think about it. Yeah. I'm, and you know me, every time I walk out of any piece of me- media, yeah. could have taken 15 minutes out. Yeah. I, I, your... I actually really agree with that on this one. I yeah. think there were a couple of things that could have been. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely buying this script. Yeah. Yeah. For really sure. It's interesting. It's certainly a compelling piece of theater. Yes. Because um, I did like... I had a nice long sit with myself after watching it, and I was like, I'm really thinking about this thing. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, Maybe absolutely. Brecht was right. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> and on that note... Yeah. Tyler's back! Yes! Lord knows what we're going to cover next, but I now call this meeting of the Amateur Detective Club to a close. Gavel sound. Uh... Thank God, because everything I had was not appropriate.